Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. Having just spent Thanksgiving weekend in Ocala, I think it's really appropriate that we take this episode of the Florida History Podcast uh, to talk about the Brick City Fire, the legendary Brick City Fire that took place over Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving Day actually, in 1883 in Ocala. The backdrop for the fire is quite interesting because it was a cool kind of seasonal winter, early winter day in Ocala. And Captain Samuel Agnew had a brand new sparkling hotel called the Palace Hotel in Ocala. And this is right around the time that, if you want to call it a frontier, uh, the frontier south of Ocala, the, the, the um, Hamilton distant uh, land scheme, all of that stuff is about to kick off. Silver Springs, uh, which we've talked about on previous podcasts, is about to open. Ocala is becoming a pretty important place, pretty interesting place at this point in time. Ocala at the time was essentially a frontier town, but it was beginning to undergo a boom after being a kind of depressed, out-of-the-way place. The new 65-room hotel that we're talking about, the Palace Hotel, had was one of two really large, glamorous hotels in town. And while the center of Ocala was still kind of dusty and like any frontier town, in fact, Ocala in those days is how uh, looked much like a lot of the western towns that you see in western movies, particularly the ones made in the 1950s and 1960s in Hollywood, look. Ocala looked very much like that. There was uh, a newspaper in town already, a blacksmith shop, uh, stables for horses, outhouses, a barber shop, just like you kind of characterize a western town in the movies. Because Florida itself was the frontier as well at the time. Um, and now you had two very prominent hotels, the Ocala House and the Palace. You also now had the railroad coming into Ocala, uh, which uh, uh, took produce and other goods to market uh, from Ocala. Uh, livestock, uh, produce, fruits, vegetables, warmer weather. Ocala is about the warmest weather location in the settled areas of the United States at this point. But then it was all going to change because there was going to be a fire. But there was smoke coming out of the Benjamin Company store at the corner of Main Street and Oklawaha, which is, of course, the name also of a nearby river, the Oklawaha River, which flows just uh, east of Ocala. In fact, if you today, if you take State Road 40 uh, out of Ocala, just past... Um, Silver Springs, about three or four miles. You hit the Burt Dosh Bridge that takes you over. It's a high bridge uh, that was built as a high bridge in the 1960s when the Cross Florida Barge Canal was being planned. Uh, but that takes you over the Oklahoma River. So it's just east of town. That, of course, is a tributary of the St. John's River. Store clerks uh, who were sleeping uh, on, uh, on the second floor called out for help. Um, and church bells began to ring about four 
35 o'clock in the morning. I should have said this is first thing in the morning. Um, the smoke is being spotted for, for miles around within about an hour. Unfortunately, there was no local fire department. And um, so because there was no local fire department, citizens uh, had to put out the fire themselves. The pump, the closest pump, was located several blocks away from where the fire began. And with intense wind and um, no equipment, no fire department, uh, local citizens certainly didn't have the equipment or the wherewithal, the ability to put out the fire. The fire spread quickly and became catastrophic. And when the smoke cleared, um, most of the city blocks in the town were destroyed and damages were quite high. In fact, um, the Atlanta Constitution ran a story on page five, which said that the loss is a half a million dollars. Uh, let me actually read from this Atlanta Constitution story. It said, the, um, a special from Ocala, Florida, gives an account of the disastrous configuration sweeping houses and destroying the Ocala and Palace Hotel. So both of the major hotels we talked about destroyed. The loss is a half a million dollars. The fire was more destructive than it first appeared. Two-thirds of the business houses of the town and five, and five residences were burned. The fire broke out at around daylight and was caused by upsetting of a lamp in the store. That's the uh, second floor I talked about a little earlier, which that's been disputed uh, since. But this was, of course, a, a contemporary real-time report. And driven northeast, wind swept around two sides of the public square, consuming everything in its course. So that is from the Atlanta Constitution. So right away, it makes the news and then becomes a national story, ends up in newspapers around the country. They pick up the Constitution story and it goes from there. The city was obviously rebuilt and town leaders uh, quickly were able to attract some new settlers uh, and this time spent more money on ensuring better bricks, better buildings. Um, they issued bonds. They attracted some new business interests. They rebuilt the hotels and they ended up getting to um, the point where the new set, the center of town was rebuilt completely, and Ocala was really kind of the first city in Florida. This is why it's known as the brick city. Ocala became effectively the first city in Florida that was kind of completely built up with bricks. Uh, it had a fire department. The railroad came into town. You see the central area of town is still very, very um, old and, and classic. It has this very uh, open town square uh, where, in fact, I just was a week ago as we record this. And 
all of that is due to a fire. So, so much of American cities, big, large and small, had been affected by fires and rebuilt after fires. The Great Chicago Fire, which happened you know, around the same time as this fire, one of the most famous uh, fires in American history, and really led to the rebuilding and, and, and growth of Chicago. The explosive growth of Chicago. We've done a previous podcast on the Great Jacksonville Fire of 1901, and in fact, uh, have talked a little bit about the Jacksonville Fire in the 1960s also. Both had a huge impact, the 1901 Fire especially. Fires in business districts or in industrial districts in New York City, other places, have had a huge impact. But this this fire in Ocala is a particularly interesting piece of, of Florida history in an era when Florida was underdeveloped, an era when Florida was a backwater but was beginning to grow. It actually coincides, and I'm probably going to do a few more podcasts on this uh, in the near future, with a decade in the 1880s where Florida was beginning to realize tourism could attract people to the state, attract investment, attract interest in the state. It's also kind of a sad period because we know the Redeemer legislature of this period are the ones who in 1885 passed uh, the Black Codes and the Jim Crow laws and disenfranchised uh, any minority group in the state, not just African Americans, but anyone who uh, was of Native uh, American origin, or in many cases, people who were uh, other racial minorities, right, Latinos, etc. Although that varied case by case. Uh, But it's also a kind of a heady time when Florida is beginning to find its feet in terms of maybe what it will be in the future. And this was also a huge decade for the growth of the citrus industry. So uh, the Ocala Fire of 1883, a significant piece of that, a significant piece of the transition um, in Florida. So thought maybe we'd spend a couple of minutes on it today, given that I was just in Ocala on the weekend, which is effectively the anniversary of the fire, which was November 30th, 1883. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week.